0: This is a GRDC podcast.
1: During the canola season, WA's Department of Primary Industries and Regional Development entomologist, Dusty Severtson, keeps a close eye on diamondback moth numbers. Crops can become heavily infested very quickly, which is why he advises growers to inspect their crops regularly. Hello, I'm Tony Crowley, and in today's podcast... Dusty takes us through the best way to sample canola for DBM and what to do when threshold levels are reached. Deb Bishop is asking the questions, but first, here's Dusty.
2: Because it has such a short life cycle, I think from egg to adult and back to egg can be as as low as um, uh, two weeks, so the exponential growth uh, when the conditions are right, particularly warm days, dry warm days, uh, the, the numbers can absolutely explode and this is where we see scenarios Um, Where the earlier the crop stage is the really the more potential damage it can cause so it can cause complete defoliation of plants.
0: Dusty, take us through some of the signs and symptoms uh, growers can look for in the paddock for these signs of of the pest.
2: Yeah, I think uh, it really depends on the growth stage where you have predominantly vegetative stage early season through to um, early stem elongation. You have a lot of leaves and the best way of detecting diamondback moth or even perhaps some other caterpillars in there doing damage is is to just have a look while you're walking to see leaf damage. The really, really tiny caterpillars would be causing very small damage, so that might be missed. But certainly where you have an infestation, you'll be seeing some some holes in the leaves. As you go past that and the plants really start branching out, um, you you really want to look at using a sweep net. Um, There's been lots of research done on sort of calibrating that relative to the populations um, vertically on the plants. It's a really good way of detecting um, diamondback moth, how many caterpillars you have. Relate that to your thresholds. But it's also a really good way of detecting what else is in your crop. It might be native budworm, or it might even be predators and beneficials that might be um, attacking your caterpillars as well.
0: There's a technique to this sweeping, isn't there? Take us through that.
2: There is. So um, generally, you want to you have a firm grip on the sweep net and do 180 degree um, sweeps. And you do that 10 times, dump it in a container. You can dump it on the, on the hood of your car if you want. Um, but generally what I find is an ice cream container or a tote box. Something white is good to get that contrast. And um, just sort out and find how many, how many DBM you have. So when you've
0: determined that threshold, um, the next step, spraying?
2: Yeah, well, that threshold is really relative to growth stage. Because in a stressed vegetative crop, that might be as low as 30 caterpillars per 10 sweeps because it could potentially cause much more damage at that stage and because it's quite early in in the season at that point. Much later, where the crop's well and truly potting up, that goes up to about 210 sweeps because you need many more of them um, to, to, to get an economic um, damage from that.
0: Is it possible for growers to determine that threshold themselves? Do they need assistance with that?
2: Um, certainly if they have a sweep net they can, they can monitor those themselves and, and they, they certainly do. Um, growers and consultants are monitoring their crops quite closely with sweep nets for that reason and doing it um, successively, successively to uh, see what the populations are doing. So at the moment for example they're, they're just starting to increase. I can see lots of small grubs and less larger grubs which means they're on the rise.
0: What's the recommended insecticide regime?
2: So with with diamondback moth, um, the chemicals that we do have that are effective, what the department had found is that regardless of the chemical choice, it's much harder to break the life cycle with a single spray, so they came up with a two spray strategy um, seven days apart or a week apart to break the cycle. Because what they were finding is that the there are canopy penetration issues to actually get the product into the, in, in through the canopy, even with um, higher um, volumes, even with a sort of a hundred liter volume. Um, but what that's doing is it's not killing the eggs as well. So um, what what, what it's spraying the second time is, is getting that next generation. That's often enough to knock them down to, to, to low enough populations to get through to that end of the season. That's what we try and achieve.
0: Is it possible to target a specific area of the paddock?
2: With diamondback moth, unfortunately, as far as we know, maybe further research needs to be done in this area, but generally where, the, where they are infesting a crop, we can find them throughout the crop. I think they're, they're very mobile and they move, move quite quickly as moths.
0: I suppose in summary, what are the tools uh, specifically needed to improve the accuracy of and decrease the time spent on detection and diagnosis of these pests?
2: Yeah, well what we're doing is because there's so much pressure on growers and consultants to be in the paddock and monitor. We're we're, we're trying to increase field intelligence and GRDC is certainly investing uh, in this area. Before the caterpillars are eating your your canola crop, um, can we take a step back and put out traps and trap the moths and try and work out where they are earlier in the season? So we've been looking at automated moth traps, not just for diamondback moth, but for native budworm as well. And what we're finding is um, we're picking up the moths before we can find the caterpillars with a sweep net. Um, and we're hoping to expand this surveillance and see if this can be a tool that will be very, uh, I think, useful to, to gauge the risk of, you know, is there going to, going to be an outbreak this year in spring or not.
0: How confident are you that growers, generally uh, provided with the right tools and the right information and the infield intelligence that they can at least manage, look at managing this pest?
2: I think they certainly certainly can. Where, where I think they cop um, very significant yield loss because because of the population surge and the potential is, is just so high um, it's where they haven't monitored their crops they've walked away or and 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 haven't monitored monitored it for a week or two that just in that short window of time um, they can do a significant amount of damage so i think um they certainly can manage it but i think they know given given um warm days and and things like that that the that the or the, the risk i should say um, of economic damage from, from it is, is quite high in a short period of time and so we want to keep an eye on what's going on and, and just regionally I think through through the PestFact service for example we try and keep on top of all this and let let growers and consultants know what we're hearing and what everybody sort of all together are hearing as to whether it's a problem or not because it's it, it where we know it's a problem somewhere it forces people to get out get into the, into the crop and it just might might save them
1: DPIRD entomologist Dusty Severtson. And to find the Pest Facts newsletter, go to DPIRD's website and search for Pest Facts, and that's spelled P-E-S-T-F-A-X. You'll also find information on Diamondback Moth Management on GRDC's website, where there's a fact sheet and other resources. I'm Tony Crowley, and you've been listening to a GRDC podcast.